Hey everyone, welcome back to Cosmic Crit. This is GM Patrick uh, here to start this episode with a couple of my friends you might uh, have heard of before. Uh, say hello, everyone. Hello. Hi. Hey, it's the friends. I'm yeah, so technically, happy. for now. <laughs> oh, uh, Tyler, uh, everyone else. Uh, <laughs> we wow. are all together. <laughs> Uh, after a pretty intense CritterCon 3, uh, we took the week off of recording an episode this week because, yes, I was very tired <laughs> when you guys suggested it. I was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Um, but we wanted to get together and do a intro together just to say thank you to everyone who stayed at home during the pandemic but still reached out and volunteered and played at the charity convention uh, Criticon 3 last week. So thank you guys. We actually managed to raise over $6,000 for Doctors Without Borders in this weekend alone. And that brings our total to date over all of our Criticons so far to $10,000, which is incredible that's to me. So cool. yeah, That's Crazy. wild. Well, well, yeah, when we started this, I was like, boy, howdy, it would be great to get into uh, uh, five digits donated. <laughs> I was like, that's... that's you know, I was hoping to get uh, 5,000 um, this convention to, you know, do do more than last year. But uh, we were very popular. <laughs> we yeah, were, well, we, and uh, we certainly were because we had more than 70 tables over the weekend, day and night at capacity. And we just want to take a moment to thank all of the GMs of the tables, all the, the people that were playing at those tables mm -hmm. and all the people who bought rerolls and crits or just otherwise donated to the cause. Yes, we, and we had a lot. A lot of people donate, a lot of players, and then people that were looking for, for boons, and we, we've raffled off some physical items, which was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, $10,000 is a lot of re-rolls. It went very, <laughs> yeah. Well, we used, we used a lot like of of them ourselves. We were <laughs> rocking into it. Uh, and on top of uh, all the re-rolls, we, we streamed for over seven hours uh, last weekend, including raising money ourselves, playing Starfinder Society. And of course, we're going to thank everyone that came out. Uh, but a special thanks to Helenial's Wraith, who donated a crit fail to Patrick that turned his natural 20 into a natural one. That that brings a joy deep inside my ventricles. One and I all. I keep thinking of that moment and Alindra getting to turn, or me, Rebecca, getting to turn that uh, into a crit fail right at the end of combat. It was very exciting. Yeah, that, that's why that's not a rule in the regular campaign. We're never doing that unless it's for charity. Oh. Well, speaking of charity, we want to thank every single person that donated this weekend. But special thanks to our donors Loam, Tim, John, Gerald, Landon, Metamom, our friends at Norse Foundry and Southern Tom Foolery, another Starfighter podcast we've talked on the show before. Yeah, so they, uh, I think right about now, are finishing up their Against the Aeon Throne playthrough. But they were nice enough. Uh, they, they couldn't play this weekend, but um, uh, they, they donated along with a lot of our super Crittermanders out there, I would call them, uh, who participated and donated last CritterCon and knew they were going to, you know, save up for this CritterCon too. Um, some some really big donors, uh, you know, spent more money than than I did <laughs> personally. Yeah. Although at, at the point we we're recording this, there's still a couple items that we had and uh, I, might, I might be donating too. <laughs> Norse Foundry is the only company that can make dice that I don't roll ones on. So that's a powerful <laughs> fact. That's, that's a powerful 
so, can we get yikes. them to make some digital dice? <laughs> if I if I could, I would. I would make them. I w- I would show up at their doorstep. Um, like, I, 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 I'll also uh, shout out Mischief Loot, which you can find online. Uh, who donated a hand stitched Starfinder bag that was That's raffled so cool. off? Um, if you're listening to this, it's already gone. You gotta tune in to the Discord or our Twitter to, to find out about stuff like that. But it's already raised hundreds of dollars, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, these are these are just class acts, one and all. And uh, you know, we couldn't. This wouldn't have been possible without them. But um, it also wouldn't have been possible without the support from Paizo mm. and uh, uh, a very special volunteer, uh, Venture Lieutenant Stunt Monkey, aka Richard. Rich, you know who you are. <laughs> uh, without him, there was no convention. Uh, but I want to also give a big shout out to uh, Hells and Cosmic Eleven. Uh, and all the volunteers at the con who made sure that the games went off without a hitch. Uh, it was a, a real blast, guys, and um, just they, they crushed it. <laughs> they crushed it. Our, our fans are the best. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm pretty impressed how well a virtual con like this has gone on because, I mean, it, regular cons have many moving parts, a lot that oh, yeah. can you know mess up, and I would assume virtual cons the same way, but for some reason, the, the group of people that have helped put this together, I mean, they just do such a tremendous job that I, it's so seamless. Yeah, yeah, no, if you're watching the, the Discord, you know, some problems came up, but there was a lot of very helpful Crittermanders and volunteers that were were directing people where they needed to go and answering questions. Um, I think by the time this episode comes out, most everyone should have like all the boons uh, that they they've donated for and potentially rolled for at the tables, uh, which like a week turnaround is very very <laughs> fast. I also want to send uh, a couple of extra thank yous to our authors and employees from Paizo that that helped out this weekend by running a special table, a donation table, uh, and that includes coming back Kate Baker, Dennis Muldoon. Uh, Jason Keeley, of course, and uh, joining us this year, Sasha Lindley Hall, and uh, GMing author tables uh, of their own writing, as well as the incomparable Alex Spladell for GMing and uh, hosting an hour of character creation on our Twitch stream Friday of the con. Um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, streaming for like seven hours over the weekend. My keister was a little tired by the end of it, but uh, <laughs> like I said, we did take a break, which I'm very happy. Yeah, about. That's, um, that's some premium content, guys. That's that's, uh, <laughs> that's some A-plus gets. <laughs> uh, yeah, boy, howdy. Uh, we're lucky. Um, but I also wanted to thank the five of you because... Yeah, bearing with me, the last couple weeks has been a little crazy while I've been ramping up to the convention. Uh, But you guys have all been helping out. Jabert's been editing episodes. Uh, Rebecca, I've asked you to make a lot of art on the double time. Uh, And Drew and Tyler, you've been streaming yourselves weekly. And Miles somehow keeping the Discord alive. (laughs) Uh, All while I've, like completely checked out of most everything else but um yeah you guys picked up the slack as well as people in the discord on top of playing games with me uh besides this last week so thank you all well and thank you i mean (laughs) you've done quite a lot kind of wearing many hats to to keep the the podcast (laughs) kind of spearheaded as well as you know heading the convention as well yeah no no laps in episodes we got another one for you this week and i don't know about you guys but i'm ready to get to it oh uh, yeah 
because this <laughs> this is the start of uh, of officially book two of Attack of the Swarm. Uh, and this week's episode, <laughs> I'm glad we called it this, is called Sabotage Squad. Episode commencing in three, two, one. Episode initiated. Mix up your mega elixirs and strap into the epoch as we are traversing space and time in this week's episode of Cosmic Trigger. My name is Patrick and I'm the GM here, your uh, giga mutant overlord behind the scenes. I'm welcoming you back to another multiple ending packed replayable adventure of Starfinder this week. Joining me as always in safeguarding the time stream are the Guardians of Guardia, your five friends and players and mine. To my right, this scientist and inventor is going to blast you with a fire magic's gun. It's Rebecca Rowland with Zinnia Ashtier. Hello. Across from her, from the far future apocalypse of 1999, here comes Drew delivering Robo Echo 7. But they were still hungry. To my right, he's a giant frog knight, but if you kiss him, he just turned into a giant bug knight. It's Tyler dredging up to Vasho. What's up? Across from him, this spiky-headed protagonist, uh, looks like they're ready to go Super Saiyan on your butts. It's Jabert playing as Trest. I got metal joints. <laughs> and across the digital table, why, this green little imp is ready to cause all kinds of chaos. It's Miles mixing up with Sprouts. Good evening. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Hello. Hey. I'm lost on that one. What was that? Chrono Trigger. Oh, never would have guessed that. Okay, cool. One of the greatest <laughs> games of all time. I have played. I've like 100 percent of that game like three times. I love. Oh it. my, it's so good. Oh it's, my, yeah, it's it's the second best in the series. <laughs> oh geez, Miles, you and your hot takes. Hashtag <laughs> forever. Miles hot takes. Um, I think everyone in our Discord knows my hot take on that one. Oh, I, I well, I didn't. I'm in the Discord. <laughs> We've had this conversation many times. I know you like Final Fantasy VIII more than seven, but yes, yes. <laughs> Chrono Cross is the Final Fantasy VIII of the Chrono series. Chrono Cross is great, guys. Uh, this is it. This episode, we are officially done with Fate of the Fifth, written and GM by yours truly. And holy Toledo, I'm looking back on my Word document where I collect all my notes for every episode. And this is like 13 episodes of, of the podcast uh, and the campaign. And it came out to about 159 pages. Wow. <laughs> uh, the AP book itself is only like 50 pages. But I, I, you know, <laughs> I copy notes and rules and things like that. And of course, the little bits and bobs that I write here and there but um yeah you triple space and then also like typeface 48 <laughs> I, I start a new page every time uh we we go into a different chapter all the right. backstories and wingdings it's, it's weird. <laughs> before we pop into the episode proper i did want to field mm. a question from you patrick mm. uh did we perform as expected as the as the author of the book or did we catch you mm. off by surprise well, you could definitely hear our thoughts on that uh, when we do our postmortem of of uh, the episode. But um, in general, I I was expecting someone to to die in, in part one, uh, which we have talked about before, just because it's so brutal. And it's not one of those things like having more players makes that part easier. It it, it doesn't uh, doesn't scale with uh, with more players. It might make it more hard. Because you might have to spend some more of those resources, but um, yeah, in general, uh, you guys did pretty great. And uh, one of the things I enjoy about 
actually running the game is you do throw surprises at me. I didn't expect, um, uh, which, which I'm sure we talked about in that post Mormon as well, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I had a blast. And, uh, as I said, going into this campaign, I think every AP volume after the last gets crazier and more fun. <laughs> like, I mean, I had fun. I hope you guys had fun this first book, but I think book two is more fun than the first one and three and four. And they just kind of spiral, uh, upward in the the fun ladder um but yeah let, let's uh let's get into it let's get into uh episode 132 and book two this is written by uh marlin butler uh and it's called the last refuge before we get into it though we need a quick reminder what happened last time and for that we're going to miles with sprouts to tell us what happened last time on cosmic crit Well, we was almost in the clear, and then we wasn't. But that's how it goes anymore. Hadn't hardly cleared the atmosphere when a couple of fleet furry goons were on our six firing torpedoes up the wild's exhaust port. Special delivery. Lucky for us, Zinnia's got some fancy moves. She gave him the old flip and burn, and Echo and Tress gave him what for? Return to sender. So here we are, just a few thousand clicks out from Suscalon, set in course for Ultranius. And we were only just able to take stock of the situation. Turns out we picked the only cruiser in the sector with a busted drift drive. I mean, it's gonna be thruster propulsion all the way up to Ultranius. Meaning we're going to have some time on our hands. A lot of time. Time enough for this whole situation to go trucks up in a hurry. Let's just say I'm going to keep my sawed arm close to me for the next little bit. Just in case. And I know we've we've started some episodes not in the, the current time. And this one's no different as uh, this week's episode starts on board the, the commandeered ship uh, called the Terminus Wild that you guys have taken. Uh, we see it from the outside, out in space, silently drifting forward, nearly unmarred, uh, as you've just gotten done with this this space battle. It's blue chassis, kind of just showing minor acidic scoring from that fight with the Fleet Furies. But this serene visage from the outside doesn't belay what is happening on the inside as we, we pull into, into the hull in towards the back of the vessel, and we see these red lights flashing in the empty cargo bay at the rear of the, the starship. A warning alarm ringing out here, showing there to be some sort of emergency. The camera dips down, showing the, the deck. There's a long crimson spray of, of red streaked across the floor. As it looks like someone has potentially lost a fatal amount of blood. And along with that grisly scene, you see discarded shell casings and spent batteries resting aside deep gashes in the, the metal flooring of some melee attacks. Some of the cargo here is destroyed and, and detritus is kind of strewn around the back of the hold. And down the hallway, we hear far off screaming, cries of pain, anguish, with the indeterminate voices of, of Midnight Squad shouting over the top of one another, uh, calling to retreat further into the ship, while at the same time, the ship's automated computer voice calls out into this empty cargo bay. Opening rear airlock in three, two, one, decompression complete. This scene fades to black, and the next thing we know, we see you all calmly working on the bridge of the Terminus Wild. The title card for this week's episode pops up, and below it, three words. It's not the normal three words you find here on Cosmic Crit, for these three words read... 12 hours earlier. Ooh. Uh, Trest, you shake off this kind of 
feeling of impending dread as you uh, you bring up the feed to the the cargo bay, and you just see some of the evacuees kind of walking around there silently, um, bringing their their baggage um, towards the the front of the ship, towards some of the the rooms. Uh, you guys have made it successfully off of Susculin and through the the dead zone of ships that were not lucky enough to make it off the planet. Uh, last week, we set course for Ultranius, the next closest planet in the system, and nearly minimum amount of time it's going to take to get there. It's going to take three days with Zinnia's plot coursing. Um, and I didn't purposely tell you about this, but indeed, you're going to have some downtime during this travel, and I wanted to use the new rules in the character operations manual. I don't know if you've read them. You don't have to have read them, because I didn't necessarily want you to pick based on some of the rules that go along with that. I just wanted to, in general, hear what you think your characters would do if they have, you know, eight hours a day uh, when they're not tending to the ship's needs uh, in downtime. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're a few hours outside of the planet and you guys can um, make decisions amongst yourselves. You know, do you want to take shifts to watch the bridge? Does anybody want to take a rest immediately? Uh, what, what, are you guys, what are you guys thinking? I think Debasho is going to sleep for about 12 hours. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he needs it. Yeah, I think I could stay up for a little bit longer. I think Trest is uh, uh, going to go downstairs and check on some of the uh, some of the evacuees, make sure that uh, people have supplies, and just sort of do a, a security sweep of the of the decks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, we we didn't talk too too much about it as that last week was, uh, was some starship combat, but I I think in that last combat in the the hangar bay, Devasho probably took the most damage having gone down is anyone else really hurt or into to hp damage Nah, feeling pretty good <laughs> um echo seven zinnia what, what do you guys want to do i think echo Seven's gonna stay on duty for a little while totally focused on the task at hand as he <laughs> pulls up whatever new media he can get from the infosphere uh now that they have gotten out of the swarm reach for the time being uh so he's going to be about 60 40 attention wise on what's going on in the real world mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh rebecca zinnia yeah i think zinnia would uh uh sort of go through for a walk through the ship see what uh spaces might be useful for a makeshift lab uh do some research on some of the samples that she's procured and and maybe even uh talk to xantos to get his help on uh finding a good spot for us you mean your new boyfriend <laughs> He's not my boyfriend, okay? <laughs> Somebody ship it. Somebody ship it. And you put that, that amazing Xantos Lochwort. It looks like uh it looks like me with ten years some weight and like after a bender, honestly. It's Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force uh, in a suit. Uh, let me just remind all the players what the uh, Xantos looks like. Here's a close-up. Oh, hey, yeah. Hey, Fryman, you got uh, stuff all <laughs> over my ship here. That's rugged. Did he go for that? Uh, he, he took over the science officer duties for you all and is willing to spend time on the bridge as well. Um, uh, besides, you know, he, he mutters something about his own uh, research that, uh, that he has down in the hold. Um, but uh, what, what about Captain Sprouts, Miles? Sprouts, I think, is going to sit in the captain's chair for a little bit, kind of taking everything and 
keep an eye on uh, Xantos and some of the the new crew and passengers that he doesn't know yet. He's kind of taken taken inventory of everything from the captain's chair. Maybe get himself a nice whiskey neat and uh, record the journals that you have been hearing for the last <laughs> several episodes. This is where he's had time to do such a thing. So the, these have these have been the captain's log this entire yes. time. <laughs> Yes, that's, but the, I, I think that Sprouts wouldn't necessarily call himself captain. He's, he, in his uh, mind's eye, is still just a gumshoe, but he has mm-hmm. definitely accepted the role. But when he's taking his own personal logs, he's definitely, you know, still just a detective. Sure, sure. Um, so, yeah, let's. I'm, I'm just going to move you guys around here. And um, uh, let, let's first go to, to Trest. Uh, if you're going downstairs, you can, as soon as you leave the command um uh quarters or the the main deck for the terminus wild immediately to your right in the hallway is a uh an elevator that will go straight down to the the front of the um the passenger level and uh, as soon as you get down there you, you hear uh, a lot of voices um immediately to the front of the ship where it seems like um Kalora Gishi uh, has has gathered a lot of the members of the the evacuees here. I see, including um, Brattleburr Bilgebratter. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's the the dwarf uh, evacuee. That is an intense name. I like it. <laughs> what Brattle Brattleburr Bilgebratter of of the uh, the Brenoa Bilgebratters. Of course, <laughs> you have way too much fun naming things. Nah. No, I have the I have the appropriate amount of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, yeah, we, we there's a, a bunch of NPCs here who weren't necessarily named uh, immediately. I've gone ahead and, and given them some models because you can you know, uh, um, well you can make friends with them if you want, uh, Jabert. But you you do see Zelenon down here, kind of tending to some of the minor wounds. Um, you know, like low grade frostbite from some of them having been out in the cold for for so long, um, searching for a ship to get off planet. And there's some some minor burns from from the the fires there at the the spaceport. Um, when uh, he sees you walk in, he'll he'll give you like a a quick um, cheering hello psychically and in cheering uh, in your direction. Give a little acknowledgement, sort of the tele like telepathic nod tip of the hat Um, when you come down here uh, another one of the evacuees that you prior met in um, Fort Gallant comes up to you this uh, kind of hoity-toity human uh, who introduced himself back then as Elliot Stilts the Absalom Stilts he'll come up and and say soldier soldier well what is the word how how long will it take us uh, to to retreat back to Ultranius um, Mr. Stilts, I am assured by the pilot that our course is uh, tight and uh, should only take a, a short number of days. Somewhere in the range of uh, three to five days, I would imagine. <laughs> I, I imagine Tress doesn't really, doesn't really know precisely how long it's going to take, but uh, doesn't want to uh, overpromise and underdeliver. So, was is there anyone with piloting expertise here who can nail down that date? Three, three to five is a lot of difference. Uh, what what are our supplies on board? Do we have enough fuel if it takes five days? 
Uh, we should have plenty of fuel. I do not foresee any issues. We were able to fill the the uh, the, the fuel lines to ninety uh, something percent. And, <laughs> as, uh, as you're you're answering that question, you get another one from Bradbro Bilge Bradder, who's who's like, "Well, what of SDF command? Have, have you all been in contact with them? What, what do they say the situation's like down on Altranius? Is Susquehanna completely gone? Have, have the evacuation stopped?" Uh, and then like three or four other questions come all at once, and uh, Kilgore Geshi will step in and like try and calm everyone down and uh, allow you to answer questions one at a time here. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to trying to hold up my hands and I'm just sort of trying to, like, soothe people uh, uh, telepathically in the meantime. But. This little small female uh, trainer will indeed walk up behind you and questioningly say, Quonk. Uh, I'm sure they're fine. Quonk. Quonk. Yes, the yes, uh, evacuations were successful and... Uh, we, as far as we know, we were the last team out. As you saw, the uh, Rio City was empty, and uh, I am sure that means that everyone else made it out safe. They kind of wander away, going like, quonk, quonk, quonk. Um, <laughs> Kalori Geshi comes over to you and says, uh, do, do you speak that one's language? I, I wasn't sure. I, I was not able to find anything in, in my computer terminal. Um, I almost certainly do not, but... Uh, Perhaps I can, uh, perhaps I can, uh, help. And so I, uh, uh, so I sort of walk over and I offer, I offer a hand to, uh, to little happers. They, they put up a, a flipper. A flipper. Like, I sort of take the flipper and I just, and I quonk. And then I, uh, let's say I'll, I'll like mind link and just like dump like 10 minutes of information. Just like, mm. I mean, it's sort of only a one way communication, but I'll just be like, like, look, I, I like, but it's, it's like, you can just sort of like communicate regardless of language. So right. I'll just be like, look, uh, we're, we're all safe. Um, everyone in Rio city, we believe is safe. We should be there safely within, um, just, a, just a few days. Um, we have plenty of food, uh, right now. Uh, we were all carrying rations and such. And so, mm-hmm. um, um, while this is going on and, and you're just like silently yeah. holding oh, flippers. It, uh, so it takes one standard action to, mm-hmm. uh, to do this ability. So I'm, and so it's one standard action, but it's like you're having a 10 minute conversation. So, um, mm-hmm. so I'm just going to take, take her hand and say quonk and then turn back to the group. Uh, as you do, you see uh, a Zelenin kind of stroking his uh, antennae mustache um, off of his face and, and looking at you a little curiously. Um, but we will we'll leave the scene now as as you do get some more questions, you know, kind of pelted at you in a, in a in a calmer method here. Um, I'm gonna lay out. I'm gonna lay out like a a, a a bulk's worth of rations on the table. Just food always sort of helps to calm things down. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I forgot you have like all these I have a ton of rations. <laughs> all this rations. It's my, it's my mom's <laughs> secret recipe. <laughs> it's my mom's favorite hardtack recipe. Um, there, there's a couple of downtime possibilities for this this first day, um, where you just uh, if you're spending multiple hours here, uh, one of which is lounge. Um, and you know you're, you're spending the day kind of a little easy going in these luxurious crew quarters with with the evacuees. So the next couple hours you're maybe like showing them around and, and getting people set up here. Um, tomorrow, the next day, uh, you gain a temporary uh, hit point. 
um, actually temporary hit points equal to half your level right now. That is one. <laughs> uh, and you also get a plus one morale bonus on your first saving throw attempt for the day. Let's go to, let's go to uh, our captain here. And, and you just want to uh, stay on, on board the, um, the, the bridge here, uh, Miles. Yeah. Through all of our different options here. Um, the, the one that most kind of like fits the the action of staying will for downtime be uh, maintain readiness uh, you keep a watchful eye on your surroundings preparing for the worst hoping for the best i mean that sounds like sprouts <laughs> so you're monitoring the ship's scanners you're you're kind of watching for trouble um if you are interrupted during this time by uh, any form of, of combat, including starship combat, if someone comes at you, you get a plus two circumstance bonus to the uh, initi- initiative check or the piloting check to determine turn order. Um, oh, cool. Uh, uh, yeah, so th- th- this basically means like you're not you're not having downtime. <laughs> you're just like ever vigilant, right? Uh, for for your time here. Um, great, great. Let's let's talk. To let's talk to Zinnia, Rebecca. Um, do you do you want to take a look around the entire ship for for space? Um, the the most immediate one that you've seen as as you walked in here is there is like water supply and things like that in the the crew galley uh, on this level uh, where we're we're here on the map. Um, you know, it's a fairly small space that is like both eating for the the crew of the ship uh, as well as like a small kitchenette. Um, is there perchance a locked cabinet in this room? Um, that's something you can probably engineer fairly easily if there isn't. Okay. Um, but uh, what um, for? Just in case I want to store any, you know, samples while they process or something without anybody finding them. Uh, pretty hilariously, there is a downtime activity called Analyze Sample. Um, I think I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just I'm trying to like conform uh, based on what you guys said you wanted to do to to these activities. Uh, so you spend a day, uh, or you know, the majority of the day analyzing the physical samples of creatures or materials. Um, you learn about the the creature as if you had taken a twenty on a skill check to identify it and. Um, basically have that information um and for each consecutive day you spend on this activity you get a plus one circumstance bonus um to to your engineering or mysticism um or life science uh what have you check to to identify those creatures so you can basically just study <laughs> multiple days in a row is that dice roll yeah, at some point you rolled a dice. And yeah, then it I just was, went through on my roll twenty. That was like ten minutes ago. That's hilarious. Weird. Yeah, yeah. When you when you <laughs> click when you click back to the window from a different window, oh, and oh, it's oh, like, oh. okay, now I'll animate it. <laughs> Tyler, gotcha. Tyler's straight up been uh, <laughs> reading manga in like another browser <laughs> this entire time. Uh, I, I usually I open up Zoom over roll twenty. It yeah, was just... uh, that's hilarious though. <laughs> um, Sorry about that. It's okay. Rebecca, as you are, are setting up here and, you know, like putting together a cabinet and clearing out some space, maybe kind of cordoning off a small section of the um, uh, the shelves and the tabletops here specifically for your your equipment. Um, you, you bring up the science kit where you've been collecting these samples. Uh, I haven't been paying strict attention to what you've gotten so far, but I think it's um, Dredger. And uh, I think you've gotten one of all the swarm creatures minus the Korovox. Is that correct? Yes. 
Yes. Uh, as well as the cerebric fungus. Correct. Uh, right. And as you, as soon as you open up that science kit, uh, you see something moving inside of it. And it looks like one of these samples has overgrown its container and is like a pulsating heart um, that's that's taken up a lot of the, like the empty space in the briefcase and has fused with the the like the science kits um, computer readout display. Uh, and this is what you see in front of you right now. Let's go to the art. Boop. Oh no! Yeah, this little fun guy. What's this? Looks like a ball holding a light. I was gonna say. Oh, that is that like my a... is that my kit in its arms? Uh, it's part of it. It seems to have fused with technology. Uh, Jabir, you, you had a guess. Uh, I was gonna say that looks like a Metroid. I think we should. Uh, <laughs> I think we should uh, abandon ship right away. <laughs> if this is gonna be Rebecca's new pet for this season, I'm not on board. <laughs> right, they're getting progressively less cute. <laughs> um. Drew, shut up, why don't you, <laughs> you jerk? <laughs> Let me get to it. Uh, as it it does, as soon as you look it over, you see like these beady little eyes look up at you and it psychically calls into Zinnia's mind. Ma, ma, ma mother, hello, mother. I require sustenance, please. Suckle me at your primary tentacle. No. Why I never. <laughs> uh, you're, you're looking over this thing and you're a little confused, but this does seem to be a a sapling cerebric fungus, but it has indeed fused with uh, computer parts. And uh, yeah, as as soon as you see it say those words in your mind, like the, the, the letters also pop up on the screen, kind of like in text format. It says, I am your offspring, and as such, I, I have I have imprinted on your minds. Please care for me, Patrick. This is why you need to go outside. This is why all of this <laughs> is wrong and bad. <laughs> all right, so Zinnia, I think the first thing Zinnia, as a scientist, would do is try to identify what this is. I mean, is she familiar with this kind of thing happening? This phenomena happening in other laboratories she's been in perhaps um, yeah make me make me a life science check real quick and we'll, we'll see if you are familiar it's 19 but it's a negative five on xenobiology oh plus two to identify um you've you've heard of indeed cerebric computers before and it's it is um uh something that has been seen in the the scientific community of them um kind of like fusing with a computer to form like a, indeed exactly what it sounds like, like a living computer. Um, indeed, these rules are in uh, Alien Archive uh, 2, I believe, where, where the rules for cerebric fungus are. Um, but that's not all this thing is because it is also sentient. And we're going to use the creature companion rules from AA3. That's right. This is your new pet baby cerebral Yay! fungus computer. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Drew. Perfect. <laughs> and it is only a tiny level one plant creature right now. It is up to you if you want um, if you want to look over the creature companion rules, but you have to spend like credits and UPBs to like train it and feed it and, and make it grow uh, along with your level. And there's feats and stuff, so that's completely up to you. But it also uh, right now is working like a tier one computer. Cool. 
So did it fuse with my with my bio or my xenobiologist field kit or something? Part else? of it, yeah. It's just take it's ripped out uh, some key components. It's still functioning and like analyzing um, uh, some of the other samples that are in there, but uh, it, it might need some repairing. <laughs> oh man! So this thing doesn't like give me a bonus to anything. It's How just dare goes. you, mother! I, I give you love. <laughs> What else do you need from me? I mean, it's super cute and all. I mean, Where is your primary it. tentacle? I need to suckle <laughs> right now. Um, while you are, are working over the next few hours here and maybe having deep conversations with the yet-to-be-named cerebric fungus computer creature companion. That's a mouthful. Um, yeah, it needs a name, clearly. <laughs> uh, Xanto's Luch were... Uh, will will walk into the galley. Uh, Miles, are, are you following him if, if he goes like to the bathroom and stuff? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, so he'll walk in and he's like, well, hopefully this crew has stocked up before they left. I require approximately 1,500 milliliters of caffeinated beverages in 250 milliliter doses approximately every two and a quarter hours if I'm expected to get this spacecraft in, in working order. Um, hello, Private Zinnia. How are you? Hello, Xantos. It's um, good to see you again. Look what I've found in my samples. He pulls out a scalpel. It's like, <laughs> get back. What is that thing? It's adorable, isn't it? Mother, help me. <laughs> I think it's a sign that we are on the right track, that um, uh, we are uh, finding good good samples out there if they're uh, growing like this. What's, what, what, that thing's been growing since since you left uh, Suskelin? Yes. Isn't that what samples are supposed to be doing? Uh, uh, <laughs> I, t- typically the samples are, are dead when, when you take them. Did you bring a living creature on board this vessel? Doesn't, doesn't I thought it would be useful. Have, I, I thought you had containment protocols in the SDF. He like puts his shirt up to like guard his mouth. He's like, is that thing clean, clear for quarantine? I hope so. I think so. Should I kill it? Are you suggesting I should kill it? I, I leave that up to you, but I don't want to sleep in the same room as that thing. Mother, okay. I don't want to sleep in the room with that man either. I don't blame you, little one. <laughs> Listeners, you can't see it, but every time Patrick speaks to the computer, he puts his hands up to his face. <laughs> like a little, like he's got a little like face tentacle or like a face frill, and it's hilarious. No, that, that's just, that's the thing's hands like yeah, asking like, to be picked like, up. Like reaching to be picked up, yeah. Yeah, it's like, please, please, mother. <laughs> Save me from the low squirt. <laughs> Um, I'm so uncomfortable in this. After this conversation shakes out, Xantos uh, will will leave you to to decide this thing's fate. But uh, we'll we'll go over some of the things he's been working on, and, and says uh, the computer system worked well under or combat conditions, but our, our shields were were broken. It seems like it it behaved somewhat unresponsively. The computer for this tier of duo node terminal operating system, I I'd expect it to be a little snappier. Uh, and I wanted to speak to you about this, Zinnia, in particular. You all dragged on board uh, an inoperational star drive, correct? A, a drift engine? Correct. I think we should spend some time trying to revive it. I agree. Perhaps you and your team should focus your efforts on getting that operational while I monitor the, the flight deck. Um, in, in case we run out of fuel or, or something happens to our conventional thrusters, it'd be prudent to have a plan B in place. I agree. It's a good idea. So you'll tell your Marlowe of this plan? Are, are, are they capable of executing this kind of technical maneuver? Probably not. 
but <laughs> I will help him. Yeah, he's pretty dumb, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> anyway, I I hope that uh, I can figure out whatever's happening uh, aboard the vessel and get back to my own scientific experiments um, when I have any spare time. Uh, I was doing vital research for our, our mutual employer, the, the BBRC, when the swarm attacked Bernoa, I luckily was able to get my hard drive downloaded, uh, some small crates uh, loaded into a vessel before the city fell, but it's been hard getting them, dragging them all across the, the continent. Yes, given our mutual employer, I think it would be wise for us to work together and combine our research for the BBRC. I'll see what you have when you're ready to present. I will try to make a scientific summary of my findings as well, but that will not deter me uh, from continuing my my research first. I do not wish to deter you, only to help. Excellent. Okay, but thank you. He doesn't. He doesn't understand kindness, in here. <laughs> and he's drinking a I lot of caffeine. I will kill him beverages. with kindness. <laughs> a lot of caffeinated beverages. Uh, he drinks like three Red Bulls while he's in there, so he goes to the bathroom after that. Um, let's move on to you to our good friend Tyler, who uh, <laughs> Defacho is indeed just gonna sleep, Tyler. <laughs> I mean, that's all you're going to do. Yeah, I mean, he has no resolve, no stamina, and a, like a, a, what, 11 out of 24 hit points. My boy needs oh, rest. Boy. Uh, well, there is a downtime uh, thing called convalescence, where if you are severely injured or you're suffering from afflictions, you can take bed rest, help speed your recovery. Um, and not only is it like a 12 hour or like an eight hour normal rest, but you have to spend the rest of the, the, the day kind of stationary, uh, if not sleeping, um, refraining from any kind of strenuous activity, but you recover, uh, double the amount of hit points, uh, with the, the normal rest. If, if you want to do that. I think that's what he would do. I mean, he's probably either, you know, sitting up in, in a bed or laying in bed. And I think a lot of the, his time that when he's not sleeping is just kind of looking at his moat and trying to figure out why nothing seems to be working. Like he's just, Mm -hmm. he's just getting wrecked uh, to put it bluntly. And he's trying to figure out like where he's lacking. Why does he keep failing? And he just, I think he feels like if he keeps performing this way, he's never going to see his family again. Uh, while while you're doing that um, and resting, it does turn into actual night back on Suskelin. Uh And yet, yeah, Devasho, you sleep for the first time uh, in uh, since resting in Linmari. And at first, your your dreams are quite pleasant. Um, maybe your brain anticipating getting back and, and meeting up with your family. Uh, so you have dreams of these sunny barbecues on on Suskelin back at home. Your friends and children playing. Uh, but uh, as this is happening, of course, you do fall into a black hole of slumber, a, a dreamless sleep. You feel like the, the bed you're resting on just sinking further and further into the, the deck of the ship. As the borders of, of light in your mind kind of disappear and once more, you are in the dark place with your moat again, which is formed up in a shield kind of floating in the air above you, uh, flickering back and forth between its moat form and, and the shield form as it kind of speaks, its its edges moving around you. Uh, it seems somewhat larger than the, the last time you saw it here. Um, the moat is still the normal size in this dream, and it is quite large. And it says, show we have done well to continue existence, and we shall once more give us gifts of the other place. 
this place, that we shall grow strong in the face of our enemies, those who might call themselves our allies today. Do you, does Dabasho have any, any questions or anything? You you said you, you wanted answers from your, your moat, why it wasn't working. You speak of power, but it we nearly died in that cursed city and in that docking bay. If it wasn't for our allies, I would not have made it out alive. We, Tavajo, do not need them if we are powerful enough ourselves. We offer unto us two powers. We shall choose one. If we may, we shall see the life inside others. We shall sense their pulse as they try to hide from us as we hide that which beats within our own chest. Or we may choose another path, that of protection. We shall never fall victim to that which would hurt the weak, the living, though that which the living protects is of no concern to us anyway. Tyler, Dawasho is receiving another dark gift here from your moat. But like last time, you can have the ability to try and resist it. But this time, it's a little bit harder. Uh, make me a will save. My my best one. That was a joke. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I got you. I, we, we all got the joke. Okay, cool. Just making sure. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, though I, when I roll a natural 20, it doesn't matter what my worst one is. Very hard DC here, but you have made it. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the last few days, yeah, you have been fighting this urge to to maybe give in to these dark powers. You, you had a dream in um, in Linmari when you, you rested last. Um, but yeah, whenever you summoned your moat, you, you kind of felt its tug once more. Um, so you may choose not to, to take one of these two powers if you want. Now that's completely up to you if you want, but I will I will give you just the, the general names of them. Um, okay. Uh, one is called Life Sense and the other is called Deathless. I, I figured the life and the death uh, of these these two powers might be interesting to yeah. contrast. I mean, it's it's tough to say. I mean, I feel like Devasho feels like the moat has been failing, but he also feels powerless. So there's a struggle between like, he's being offered power right now. That's great. And you have the option to turn it down. Last time you did not yeah, as you failed yeah, that yeah. save. Last time I just straight up failed. So, um, I mean, he definitely got stronger. Uh, he felt that when uh, I think I mean he was able to like tap into that power a few times and it worked mm-hmm. out. Um, but it so you know I don't know whether he feels like when he when we fought in the hangar bay and he fell like well he did he just not have enough power and now he needs more or the power is not worth it because it didn't get him through that situation. Yeah, I the 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 cool thing I like about these rules is you get that choice for your character now. Uh, last time I was like, no, nah, you got to pick one. <laughs> but yeah. um, mm. I feel like he would take Deathless. <sighs> I feel like he would accept that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, 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 I think... I think he feels powerless. I think in the end, his goal is to reach his family no matter what. And the idea being fed the idea that we can gain enough power to where it doesn't matter if we have allies or not. We can just beat back anything is tempting, especially after he feels like such a crushing defeat. Mm-hmm. 
Um, as you decide to take this power in your mind, you grab hold of the moat once more that's turned into a shield form, and it just, the, the inky blackness, the purple energy kind of swirls around you, coalescing, um, kind of just coating your chitin um, completely inside and out. You can feel it's kind of like grasp around your, um, your necrotic heart. And you eventually get back to normal sleep, but um, in in your dreams that you have at this point on, you know, hours later, uh, you're back at those same barbecues on Susquehann, but friends and family are just turning away from you. Um, you see people kind of cowering in in your your presence, um, and in the dream when you we go to find a mirror, reflective surface of some kind, uh, it's the same thing as. You know, when you can't grasp at something uh, in a dream, it just like the mirror shatter or the, the water evaporates in front of you. But when you wake up, you get a, f- a full view of what they might have seen as uh, hours later. Uh, you get up from, from your bed here in, in the crew quarters. You have these huge black bags underneath your eyes. Um, your eyes uh, have um, kind of darkened in color a little bit. And you see on your, your shell... It looks like small lesions appear. Um, these are like little bubbles, imperfections, kind of beneath the chitin. Some of them you can you can feel depress a little bit. Um, some of them kind of crack, uh, and you feel tired. You, <laughs> you've been asleep for hours now, but you still feel tired. We spoke about this uh, slightly in the previous book when you f- took your first power, but this rule set is part of the Shadow Corruption Rules and the Signal of Screams AP. Um, <laughs> But these ones are a little different. I, I don't think okay. uh, people out there have have gotten Deathless before, as these are indeed some brand new ones created specifically for you, Tyler, from our our good friend Jason Keeley. Oh, Jason, thank you. <laughs> oh no, you don't want to thank him yet. No, oh, curse you, Jason. Why have you done this to me? <laughs> Wait until you you see some of these. You thank him for the Paragon choices, but you chose Renegade, oh, no. friend. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, once this AP is over, um, we'll, we'll, hopefully we can release some of these because they are amazing. But in the meantime, we're going to run from here on out. The, the shadow corruption rules, just like the rules dictate, this is technically a disease uh, that Sweet. is propelled by your um, uh, th- this form called necrotic corruption. And I was going to give you... It? Uh, at first, there's low levels uh, because the, the shadow corruption, you know, in that AP starts, you know, a little higher level. Um, I was going to do it once per level uh, in the the first book, uh, but from here on out, it's going to be like the normal rules. Every day that you rest, you need to make a will save uh, or gain more of these corruptions. But, (laughs) but Tyler, uh, if you fail, you can instead um, just spend three RP to succeed instead. Perfect. So if you're just resting up here on the ship this next day um, and, you, and you don't spend any RP for any reason, um, then uh, you it, it, you can pretend like you succeeded if you don't want to take an immediate power the next day. Okay. Um, just for um, shoots and ladders, for Fleam and Giggle, Tyler, how much RP do you have right now? Three. Oh, like maximum? Yeah. Oh, okay. Fun. Well, it's been good. <laughs> Good knowing Tyler, everyone. <laughs> good knowing Devasho here. Uh, what? I mean, Patrick, can I can I ask a question? Yeah, I'm not very familiar with Shadow Corruption. Mm. Uh, what happens when you just accrue like a lot of these? 
Oh, yeah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> Why would you no, want to do that? I, I don't. I don't want to, but the whole will save thing makes me think that I'm not going to have a choice with a lot of these. Uh, so I'm just kind of curious what the... Is it is it bad or is it, like, awesome? Do I become God of Shadows or do I mostly become, like, a pool of shadow? I think you're going to have to remain subscribed to this podcast for the next couple books to see how this plays out. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but, but we'll see. So you're covalescing, you're resting up, but yeah, as you as you wake up every maybe couple hours now, you you feel almost more tired than you went when you went to sleep. Um, yeah, let's um, let's get back to the the bridge here. Uh, both Echo Seven and Sprouts, you, you guys want to stay on the bridge like in this readiness state, right? Oh yeah, or one hundred percent yeah. ready. Forty percent <laughs> <Okay>. ready. <laughs> Yeah, we, I mean, you know, we, we're, we're kind of used to being partners, I think. So we kind of got a, a Butch and Sundance thing going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, why doesn't Butch and or Sundance, um, is one of you going to, like, monitor the helm as well? Or are you guys just at your, your stations, your normal stations? Um, well, we're on autopilot right now, aren't we? You have locked in a course uh, to Ultranius, the the one that Zinnia set in. So, I mean, if you if you guys just want to monitor other sections of the ship, you can. Yeah, I mean, I my piloting score is not bad, but I mean, there's no need for it right now. So, I'll probably monitor other. I, I at least I will probably monitor other stuff right now. Just kind of mostly sitting in my my new my new chair, but mm-hmm. uh, keeping an eye kind of on on things every few minutes. I'll kind of do a little walkthrough. Okay. Um, why don't you both give me a perception check for like basically your your shift okay. watching watching the ship. Uh, it's a 18 and a 16. Um, excellent, excellent. So I mean, it's it's pretty quiet. Most of what you can tell is the the evacuees like go down after a couple hours. Um, they are sharing quarters and have set up in these two kind of regal estate rooms on the lower deck. Um, you know, multiple beds and and, and are, are splitting time on uh, on some of the the beds down there. Um, <clears throat> some of them have, have taken up in there's these large uh, couches and um, like recliners here in the observation deck uh, towards the front of, of the, the deck. Um, and yeah, you can you can monitor them. Most everyone's asleep, and it is a a quiet shift up here uh, aboard the Terminus Wild uh, until, of course, Santos Lochwork comes back to the bridge, and he is uh, constantly making like slurping sounds from his he's got like a big gulp going on here uh and might have uh brought some snacks back he does not offer you um and he's he's working uh kind of furiously at the the science officer station um <clears throat> as as he does uh uh he'll call you over marlo at one point uh and say uh, uh, uh please please report over here to the the science station what is it mac uh, this is a priority one alert here do you, do you see what i'm reading on these computer readouts uh is that a computer check um yeah sure it's a pretty easy one so maybe a, a dc 10 just to all right, uh, 25 uh yeah so y- you can tell exactly what uh he is worried about e um the, the computer is reporting that there are multiple glitching systems in, in the, the ship right now, both life support and the thrusters. Mm. He says, oh, the, the computer here has been giving me some trouble. I don't know if these are, are accurate or not, but do we have any kind of engineer on board, someone that can take care of this? 
Um, perhaps we took more damage in, in the fight than we thought. Hmm. You might be right. Well, I'll get someone to look at this right away. Uh, who who would be best suited? Zinnia or Echo? Engineering? Oh, Zinnia. Yeah. Echo 7 Zinnia. has a whole rank in engineering, so he's Whoa. real good. Got Is that, that a plus, plus one? Plus four, no, plus baby. Four. Oh. Ah, it's a class skill, right? Engineering for soldiers? Yeah. Yeah, you can, you can head That's down. That's not terrible. Oh, this yeah. is going to go great. For, for a glitching system. I believe in you. Um, do you guys want to split up and one of you take the, the engine room and the other um, the uh, uh, life support system? Are you talking to me and Drew? Yeah. Uh, sure. <laughs> I don't breathe, so I'll take the life support. Makes sense. Arms on at all times. I don't want any surprises. Um, Go go ahead and make me some uh, engineering checks. Right. It's a 17 for Zinnia. And uh, Echo. A 23. Nice. Hey, Drew, you nailed it, baby. Ah, see, the problem <laughs> right here is with your uh, your foreign converter. You know, you got to get a new foreign converter. We got one <laughs> of those, the foreign converter. As you're going through there, it it is a very stubborn problem to fix. Um, it seems like there there is like minor damage to like computer components and you have to like change some things out. Um, both of those rolls will be enough, but it takes about twice the amount of time you would think to, to fix just a glitch in each of these systems. Um, as you are, are going over them um, back here, uh, like in the, you know, some of the engineering parts of the, the ship, Echo 7, I would like to talk for a moment about uh, your character, in, in particular, you know, the last time they were aboard a starship. Um, you have, like, perhaps mild flashbacks as, as you're doing this work to to the last ship that you were on, uh, which was uh, an Amrantan vessel where you lost everyone you knew in an attack by raiders while while traveling through this system. Um, is that is that uh, safe to say? Is that part of your backstory? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it was uh, Echo 7 took an escape pod and that escape pod ended up on Susculin and that's where, where the, the farmers found him and didn't know what he was and put him to work. And maybe some backstory for just people who, who don't know about the Amranta people. Um, they are kind of survivors of another swarm in fate invasion force of their planet, you know, um, perhaps hundreds of years ago, um, who were not always construct race. You were like a, a regular kind of humanoid race and... Uh, your people created these things called the ghost forges that trapped your souls that were um, of all the people that died during this swarm invasion in the robotic frames. How, how do you think Echo 7 is taking being back on board a starship and and having lost another planet, perhaps, to a, a swarm invasion? Well, the, the swarm invasion is kind of interesting because the, the soul forges were all constructed before the gap. So, yeah. The, the, that invasion may have happened <clears throat> well before you know recorded history when, when all that happened and uh, so so part of that is is ancient history repeating itself it's almost like something he's seen in a movie that he's now living through a little bit which is kind of jarring in, in a certain way um, Echo 7 talks a lot about movies do you think he kind of sees his own life through that frame as well is he is he watching you know the, the destruction of his his former vessel like it was uh 
something that happened on the silver screen? That's tough to say. I, I think that for a time, he probably did. I think he retreated into his his online media a little too much after that, to the point where mm-hmm. some of this stuff, he never really dealt with what happened to him in that time. And now that he's back on a ship, he's back in space, he's been confronted by by violence and war, that some of these things that, that he kind of ignored and pushed down and repressed might start bubbling back up to the surface. How, I mean, the, how, how long did you serve on uh, the the crew of this this other Emranton vessel? Um, I mean, were these people that you knew your entire life that you lost? I, I'm sure some of them had to have been. Uh, I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't really put the thought into to to each and every one of that of that crew. There is well, something. I mean, there I, is something to be said about Emrantas that when they die, though, they don't necessarily. Well, their soul gets captured by the the Ghost Forge, supposedly. Yes, again and, and to be. They come back and they don't remember anything about their. So th- there might be something of a past life, maybe. But but that's all it's a little little similar to to androids and in, in the way that they're uh, you know they do have souls as well. Um, but unlike androids. And Rantons were supposed to retain their memories. Like you're supposed to just go to the next metallic host. But um, at the very least, if that happens, you don't remember being in a in a host before. You don't remember your life on Amran. Um, but what you do remember, uh, maybe like a movie, is yeah the the nightmare of your your former vessel. Uh, as you're doing this work here, you might get glimpses of just like snippets of of memories you are not sure are movies or your real memories uh life on amran you you kind of feel the the process that captures that soul inside a amranton chassis um but uh in this kind of like dreamlike state uh you're thrust back into the engineering bay of your your former ship that geist hammer there's a, a flash of light and suddenly you're back on the plains fields surrounding Rio City on the the corporate farm but the sky here is a different color and there are two suns in the sky above Susculin instead of one all of a sudden you're in an action war movie snap back to the battlefields around Bernoa with ice sticking to your your chassis dredger claw marks and your your backside a grenade explosion goes off and the next thing you you kind of experience is standing in a vast quiet desert something you've never seen before in real life or in in movies and it kind of just seems to stretch off into every direction just like into it eternity with these waves radiating uh, into the sky above it and, and something about this the sky here a night sky doesn't seem right as you watch the stars kind of flit about across the cosmos like small insects and it's in that desert that you you hear it a, a very familiar but far off voice just at the the edge of of your auditory uh, consciousness, but also your memory. And in the distance, you see a figure standing amongst the dunes, uh, a black speck on the horizon. But when they speak, their voices just whispered into your ear. And whatever this is says, you can find me, Echo, if willing, for you're the key to the return, but you must be willing to suffer the desert. The winds howl pick up and you're surrounded by a blistering sandstorm that obscures your vision and and soon encapsulates your entire visage. You can only hear the roaring wind, the sound of the sand grains 
pelting your metallic hide. When you're back up again, your optical server is showing you, like, fixing the, the glitch in the system, and you're on board the, the Terminus Wild again. What, what would Echo 7's response to that be? Whoa. And that's the quote of the day. <laughs> uh, Just whoa. <laughs> I, I like I'm, that you don't you don't have to say who that's from. Everyone knows <laughs> who said whoa. <laughs> I love the Matrix. <laughs> that's that's. I was I was half we expecting all... you to say. I was half expecting you to say. I know kung fu. Oh, oh I was wondering if we all thought of different uh, Keanu Reeves movies. Because <laughs> I, was, I was definitely thinking Bill and Ted. Just, I did. Uh, oh, me too. Me too. Yeah, I was going for the Bill and Ted. Yeah, uh, although Matrix might have been. I got right. it, I got into a weird performance we, space doing that. That was that was interesting. I haven't done. Can that we link into uh, <laughs> our show notes just a supercut of Keanu Reeves saying "whoa" in every single yeah. movie he's been in? <laughs> right, that's, um, that's that's a lot to take in. While you are out, Sprouts, uh, maybe uh, taking a look at the rest of the command deck, checking in. You see Devasho kind of like restlessly sleeping and, and Zinnia working at her uh, her new computer station here. Uh, Xantos calls you back to the bridge, this time over the ship's comm unit. It's like, Marlo, back to the bridge. Uh, low priority uh, alert. Priority three alert, we'll call it. Mardigan, sick of this guy. As soon as you, you walk into the bridge, he's like, did, did you see it? See what? The lights here are flickering. We have major electrical problems aboard this ship. I don't, I don't know what to... I, I mean, they were just... They were going on and off like someone was playing a prank on them. Well, have you taken into consideration maybe somebody is playing a prank on you? Well, our solution is typically <laughs> the right one. Are you playing a prank on me? <sighs> no, Xantos, I am not. Hmm, well, I mean, wh- whoever uh, you, you just sent down to, to work uh, in the engineering base, see if I can come back here and we we need to, to nail this down. This could be uh, a larger root problem with our computer system. Um, something that uh, they've not been able to pick up on. Uh, Echo's still in this room, right? Uh, yeah, it, it, maybe he's just coming back from, from fixing uh, the glitch in the, the back of the ship. Look, you see the tin can over there? It's a buddy Echo. He can probably sort out your computer problem. Echo, Echo 7 gives, gives a half hearted <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> Bink. Does that make a metallic sound? With, with a little winky face on his uh, LED screen. Echo has the same enthusiasm for this, uh, this chore as Sprouts does. <laughs> yeah, so let's. Um... We'll fast forward through some of the rest of this, like half day, we'll call it, um, of of rest and um, taking turns here. If you guys want to switch up, uh, and in the future, I'll allow you to read through all the downtime rules. There's a lot of things you can do, uh, from like drinking and gambling to you know doing like um, drills, like keeping uh, combat ready and stuff like that. Um, I just wanted to do one episode where you didn't necessarily have it prepared. Uh, to see to see what happens see to what see how bad we were at it <laughs> well the character <laughs> operation manual has a lot of options i didn't want you guys to be like overwhelmed like oh i'm gonna do this one day and this another. well now we have a baseline <laughs> about how bad we are <laughs> well I, I and think, it's just okay <laughs> it's pretty good i think you picked some pretty good choices already here but yeah let, let's fast forward a bit does anybody else want to take time on the the bridge while echo 7 and sprouts can take a rest or do something else like the following day uh zinnia can man the science officer or engineering if that would be useful right now mm-hmm. 
to switch up with one of them. Does anybody else want to? I mean, it is it is on autopilot, so you could probably get by with one or maybe two people. Is there Alternatively, anything? I was uh, really planning to spend the second day uh, working on the on the drift drive. Uh, sure, sure. So um, d- d- do you want to take someone down there to aid you with that? It, it could take uh, some brute force, you know, to... Uh, to once again move it into position and, and get things hooked up. Yeah, I think Echo uh, maybe would be a, a good person to bring mm-hmm. down there. Getting back in the power loader. He looks annoyed with me. <laughs> well, I was resting. He called me up for, to re- for resting. <laughs> no rest for the Amrant and Wicked. I need your muscles or whatever you call those things. I guess the crew doesn't know what I am still yet, so that'll be... I mean, you, you're Robo Boy. Yeah, we accept you regardless. <laughs> I still need sleep. <laughs> um, right, right. So if you're gonna work on that, Sprouts, give me give me another uh, perception check for you. Anything? Say twenty one. Right. So Miles, twenty one perception check. You notice something you haven't really noticed before. You're you're taking a look outside of the the front view of the the command deck. And um, while not maybe the the best pilot, uh, something doesn't seem right. Like the 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 direction that you're facing, uh, like the sun is on your uh, your right, the sun of the Susculan system, where it should be like more um, more towards the left. Uh, make me a piloting check right now. All right, let's see. That's a twenty-three. So you bring up the computer's flight information. 23 on a piloting check. You are looking over Zinnia's work and the whatever course uh, that the computer is currently telling the starship to go on right now is taking you nowhere near Ultranius. You're going almost in a tangential, like uh, or like a a right angle towards the, the direction towards Ultranius and uh, taking a look over the computer's log. You've been going that way the entirety of the last 10 hours. Oh, excuse me. So can, I mean, can, can Sprouts just change the direction? Uh, yeah. Do you, do you, do you want to tell Zinnia that or, um, I mean, do I know that Zinnia it's, I mean, we just were told that there were so many, computer errors and the Mm -hmm. ship was on autopilot, something could have happened during the autopiloting phase where it changed course. Um, It's possible. Uh, Is that something you want to share with the rest of the crew? Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely share it, but I'm definitely not going to be like, Zinnia, what did you do? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean... Zinnia, uh, at first, Xantos Lochwort like suggested um, one of the many paths the computer suggests when uh, when you guys were setting course. But you were the one who set it, and you rolled piloting on it. And if you go back and look over, uh, I mean, either someone manually changed your course heading, or there was a major glitch to completely rewrite um, the the flight plan. Um, you know it. It, it requires a lot of calculations and things like that. So it would be uh, basically if you input X, it, the computer read it as Y. So something completely different uh, was was happening when you when you put it in. But it seemed right once again looking over this when you typed it in. Hmm. I mean, the only people who have been in the bridge since I set the course are Sprouts, Echo, and Xantos. I I feel like Xenia, especially with how cold he's been to her might approach Xantos and, and ask if he knows why 
why our course could have been modified. Uh, if you give him that data and he's looking it over, he's like, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I'm sorry. Are you trying to tell me that we have been on the wrong heading since we have left Susculin? I, I sent you the computer readouts and I trusted you as pilot to put in the correct course. What, what, what this is going to, this is going to add an entire day to our journey. I realized that more than anybody else here. And I did key it in correctly, but something has changed since then. I, I, I don't understand how it could be so incredibly wrong. I mean, do do I and the the plant over here need to to look over if you relay this information back to the computer? You're gonna watch your tone, Mac. We're out here for another day. What what happens if something else goes wrong, Marlo? Everything has gone wrong. You've made quite a point to complain and moan about the computers all day long. Had it not crossed that tiny little mind of yours that something could have happened after she set the course. I mean, of course that is a possibility and one that I am taking into account, but still I would hope that you all minding the ship would have been able to tell this before we have gotten so off course. And how, pray tell, will we have done that? Well, maybe we should have someone on the flight deck monitoring the piloting station to make sure this doesn't happen again. Someone with piloting expertise. Well, thanks for, uh... What's the word I'm looking for? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for volunteering, then. Do I look like a pilot to you? You don't want to know what you look like to me. (laughs) Okay. Well, then, uh, why don't... I mean, whoever you want to, to... Dane, put up there. Go ahead and do it. But I, I have, I have my own work that I need to see to. I, I can't be babysitting the SDF this entire time. We'll kind of huff and chuff and move towards leaving the bridge. You enjoyed our babysitting when we saved you from the swarm. I mean, Dimash is not there. But has anybody sensed motive? Well, I, at any point, I was about to say you guys can all uh, move to the bridge. This is kind of like a a big I mean, happening. Sprouts has made his dislike of this guy like apparent since the beginning so it's it's not that he's needs a sense of motivism he doesn't trust him at all well no but i mean from what he's saying specifically like is yeah. his reaction to the information so like if someone if he like if we're suspecting him and he's the one who changed it then obviously when he saw the information he would have already I mean, he wouldn't I, have been surprised that's what i'm saying we're sense moting we're sense motiving his right, reaction I, right on, on this right. specific reaction so like sprouts might not trust him so Sprouts might be suspicious and right, and right, right, right. Whether I mean, or not. yeah, I can roll. I can roll sense motive. Isn't that your main thing? Not if I roll a one. Oh no! <laughs> I mean, Deva- Devasho rolled a would roll it as well. I mean, he got a sixteen. Yeah, we got sixteen and 15. fifteen here. I mean, uh, not only does he seem legitimately angry <laughs> at this mistake, uh, yeah. but he is also you see quite um, apparent surprise when when you show him the readout and like he's he's freaking out about the extra time on board the okay. so we can be fairly sure that he is not the one to change it so is there i don't I mean, take it that there are any cameras or anything in the bridge no or any computer logs like that would indicate a change uh it doesn't look like any other um uh, directions were keyed in that, that you can see um, on the the piloting station. But when you like move to to go look it over, it does seem it like flickers for a second, and it, it's like unresponsive. Like you're, you're tapping buttons, um, and no, you, nothing seems to happen. You know, Zinnia does have this new thing that's attached to a computer that has been following her around all day. 
I don't think it's been following her around. And no, it's, it's back in the crib. <laughs> yeah, and also the computer isn't hooked up to any of the ship's systems, so I don't think it can make any changes. Yeah, uh, well, good thing they haven't. Good thing they haven't invented wireless technology yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't have access to any of that stuff either. Well, mm, y'all are just trying to. Computer score. You're just Bert, scapegoating my new Bert. pet. I mean, it's it's clear that something is interfering with the the input because we 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 know a glitch happened. We glitch has been happening the the entire time that Echo and Sprouts have been on board uh, the bridge, and we we just saw a flicker. So we know something's not right. But for all we know, this is something that is with the ship itself because this was run by a scurrilous individual. That maybe they they that, have that, a built in like thing like where you have to. Like in, in the in the 50s when you had to do some sort of random thing in the car in order to get the car to start, you know? I mean, that when, that may well be true, but the, the fact of the matter is it's it's not a, a piloting error. There is something going on with the ship systems that we need to look into. Um, like sounds I said, like, it, sounds like we need a detective. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, if you suspect sabotage for sure, in sabotage. the meantime, I believe it's pronounced sabotage. Oh, thank you for interrupting me for that. Uh, if you want to uh, recorrect the course, though, it seems like the piloting station is glitching again. Are you guys all on the bridge at this time? Uh, yes. Yeah, I think I would have come up to the bridge if yeah. uh, the word had sort of gone out about this. Go ahead, everyone. Make me a perception check. Uh, this this seems. This seems coded based on how we know the episode started slash ended. <laughs> Drew, how dare you? That was for our listeners only. <laughs> um, so we'll click uh, highest here is a 21. Is that right? Okay. Uh, this is glitching out. Who wants to work on the, the, counts, the console uh, here? And it, does anybody else want to go anywhere else on the ship while this is happening? Because this might take some time. Uh, uh, you mean to correct the piloting course? Correct. Uh, I can do that. Do you want help with it or? Uh, I can probably handle it alone, but um, if anybody wants to stay behind, you can. Who's our most charismatic person? Got a Devasho. I think it's a. I think it's a. Depends on how many skill points <laughs> Devasho or Sprouts has put into there. The, the reason <laughs> I say that is because I noticed that Loachwort has moved away from the bridge, and if he's angry enough, I think we've cleared that man. But what's? But what do you? What do you? But what do you he's mad and talkative. And if well, he goes uh, well, down to the, if he goes down to two forward and talks to all of the rest of the the survivors that we have. Two forward, shut up, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> I like two forward. That's sounds... deck deck two. I got it. Uh, that could pose a problem for us staying in control of this ship. Yeah, I mean, if Echo voices that, uh, I think Devasho, who I'm assuming you would all have noticed, is looking rather not great. Would, uh, <laughs> Would would you know? Would say I am of no use with these machines. I will go see to the survivors and make sure Zaltos keeps his cool. You sure you want to do that, buddy? Yeah, looking yes. a little um, what's the ter- terrifying? <laughs> uh, I I think as he's like he <laughs> he like because <laughs> he doesn't really operate anything well so he like hits the button on the door as he's leaving and he just like looks over his shoulder and maybe says something like i've evolved a little and then he just kind of that's that's something that creepy people say that's not a thing that normal people say why would you say that (laughs) um i don't know drew maybe because the darkness is coalescing on my soul (laughs) 
<laughs> anyone else want to to work anywhere else on the the ship while while this is happening? Or you does anybody want to stay on the bridge specifically? Um, Ultra Zinnia, I guess, is what I'm asking. I mean, we've got to at, at least my perspective is we sort of have to trust Zinnia. Uh, You've worked with her for a week. Oh, well, I mean, she's part of the crew. And we, if we go and start the suspecting each other, then what do we have? This is uh, this is what being part of a team is all about. And so I'm going to go and start uh, just uh, I'm going to go patrol maybe the engine room and mm-hmm. um, sort of some of the, the problem areas where we've had trouble and make sure that there's there's no uh, no hinky and about in, in yonder yonder storage bays. Raz Jungat is back in engineering, just covered in grease. And it's like, I think I got it. I think I've, I've got a hang of this job now. <laughs> you're doing, you're doing great, Raz. I'm, I'm really proud of you. Uh, I, have one, you- I have one quarter rank in engineering. Oh, wow. That's great. That's so many more than I do. <laughs> I'm working towards my half rank. Oh boy. I, I'm, I'm really happy for you. Listen, Raz, anybody, uh, anybody come back, come back here recently? Oh, tons of people. Oh, good. Uh, listen, Raz, and I uh, pull out a piece of paper and I pull out a pen and I hand it to him. And I'm like, I want you to write down the time and name of anyone who comes in here. Can I trust you on this, Raz? Not at all, but I'm on it. Do you, wait, you know how to write, right? I'm, I'm pretty good. I've, I've got like a quarter rank, uh, I just, would say, in, in that as well. Just just like, <laughs> just like draw like a stick figure like of, of what they look like. and uh, I don't know how well, to know cursive, do I? Uh. Uh, I don't need um, the signatures. Let's fast forward here. Echo 7 and Sprouts, are you staying on the bridge? I feel like Echo 7 needs to guard the bridge for the sake of what's going on. He feels okay. he feels a little little worried, a little 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 scared, and mm-hmm. he knows he's not going to be able to to help in the way that that Sprouts and Zinnia can in order to fix this thing, but he knows that he can shoot bad things if bad things approach. <laughs> Just cannon is twitching this entire time. Uh, Miles Sprouts staying in the, the captain's chair. Uh, At this point, you're, you've been up for like uh, 20 hours or so. Yeah, but I can help Zinnia with piloting if she needs if she needs it. Well, this is first going to be engineering to fix the, the console. Oh, any ranks on that? Yeah, I got, I got three. Oh, okay. Well, um, why, why don't you, why don't we roll that first? You, you do your aid and then we'll get you your, okay. your roll, Rebecca. I'd say you match a 20. <laughs> All right. So aided. It's a 19 normally. So 21. Uh, great. There is a harsh whine as you like start to get into the, the computer system here. And suddenly, uh, a giant bolt uh, of electricity kind of like splays out the the side of the the console. Uh, you smell burning electronics, and I need everyone on the bridge to make me a reflex save. Oh no! That's a twenty from Echo Seven. Ooh, uh, nice. Eighteen from Sprouts. Nice. And eleven from Zenia. Oh, not as nice, Rebecca. Not as no, nice. No. That is a fail. As you are like sitting right down in front of the console as it explodes in a massive plume of electricity and smoke uh, burning electronics throughout the bridge here. Uh, and the, the entire ship is kind of rocked for a moment. Uh, and, you, and you can hear this uh, way back in, in engineering. Uh, so 11 is a fail. And the other two, um, Drew and Miles, you have succeeded. This is some electricity and fire damage coming your guys' way. Not to sprouts. What? Why not? 
Evasion. Evasion. Oh my goodness gracious, I forgot all about <laughs> um, you being an operative. Uh, this is 12 points uh, as the, the console explodes here. Uh, I just we, do some plant parkour. Can yeah, we you're, assume you're that we have done that we have rested at this point and we're back to full? Like a 10 minute rest? Like we've been on the ship for uh, two days. Uh, no, you've been on the ship less than one day and, and we've gone through all the stuff that you've done in that time. Uh, you you have not rested. <laughs> Let the podcast record show. <laughs> Sorry, I got to do math because I got to figure out with the level up where my stats are. Hang on. Sure. Um, but you're you're still up. Certainly. You took at least a 10 minute rest, right? With six points. OK, good. Uh, how's Zinnia doing after that blast? Uh, it hurt. It hurt. But she was at full SP and HP. Uh, so she's all right. Um, there is indeed uh, like automatic. um fire control systems that that come on board uh there's like uh the computer sends out the the warning alarm like you know fire in the command deck fire in the command deck. i have a fire extinguisher can i pull it out and start spraying you can start helping with that as well and uh uh maybe a moment later uh, xantos comes uh running out of the elevator um uh Devacho, do you think you'd be running back to the, the command deck as well um trust oh, for sure sure so you get back uh, up there and uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, it does indeed seem like everyone's safe. Everyone's okay. But uh, this console is is pretty fried. Um, it looks like there is a huge electrical backup in the system. Something something terrible went wrong here. Um, uh, Xantos comes in and is, is real confused <laughs> as, as he's looking over this uh, um, and, and says, but this, this is exactly what I'm talking about. There's something simply maddening happening with this computer system here uh, well we, we need to shut this entire system down shut the computer down and do a complete diagnostic this is what i was telling you mac you wanted to blame my pilot i told you something was going on here something screwy i i mean i've the, the lights are flickering i've seen them there's there's sounds throughout this ship there's probably a reason this was stuck underground in a in a hangar bay in, in under rio city instead of uh flying about no one's arguing otherwise, but we're here now, so we should probably figure it out. I was just down on the deck and the, uh, well, some of the evacuees down there say it's ghosts. There are no ghosts on this ship, I can guarantee you. There's some poor maintenance issues, which is why this thing was, was grounded. Well, we should figure it out before we all become ghosts. Um... You guys can can rest back up here. Uh, indeed, if you want to take um, Drew uh, the next maybe eight hours to to sleep and, and recuperate. Zinnia, do you, do you feel the same way? Uh, you, you haven't technically rested yet either. No, I feel like she probably needs to sleep. Um, but I mean, if the computers are fried at on the bridge, it's concerning, right? Uh, yeah, you can take over the the captain's. Uh, computer and, and set a course. Um, it, it will take a little bit longer, but I mean, it only takes, you know, like 10 minutes to, to normally do. Okay, so it's not the entire system is fried. It's that one console is fried. No, if you were to enter into like Starship combat, you might have some some negatives because it would count as like a, a malfunctioning system. Um, but um, that is something that could be repaired as well. Okay. Um, given time. Yeah, I think Xenia uh, could could stand to take a rest, um, get her SP and RP back. Yeah, sure. Seven's doing the same. For the time being, do you want to make another piloting check to set course? Yes. Um, correct. Uh, Xantos is going like, to kind of uh, angle to look over your shoulder while you're doing this and make sure I'm keying it in properly. 
It's making me nervous. That's a 14. Oh my gosh, natural too. I'm starting to get suspicious of Xenia, frankly. I know, I'm rolling really poorly, by the way. It's getting bad. Unfortunately, yeah, it's like 10 minutes, uh, maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes later, and you've still not laid the course, and Xantos is like, I don't know much about piloting uh, Private Xenia, but um, all the courses that you've suggested on the computer here um, will not get us to Altranius. Please, try again. Uh, does uh, He asks around if anyone else can, can like help out. Sprouts, I think I'm getting tired. I'm going to go rest my eyes. Can you take over? Will do, Wings. Uh, this is indeed a DC 15 check, so you're like very close. Good luck, Gumshoe. <laughs> uh, make me a, a piloting check. This is a 90s TV reference right here. We've got the wings. We've got <laughs> that's a 19. <laughs> All right, so that'll do. Xantos kind of like looks over your shoulder and is like, "Someone, someone uh, has the the wrong job here on, on the ship. Perhaps you should be the pilot." There's nothing wrong with any piloting. I should know because I'm Sprouts Marlow, plant pilot. <laughs> oh, <Lord>. Pilot investigator. <laughs> um, he he, like kind of like nudges you and says, "Listen, Marlo, I know we've had our differences over the last few days here, but um, I, I I understand you might be suspect of me having having just met me, and I understand I have a a grading personality. But listen up, I don't think you should trust these these teammates of yours. Who knows what is happening on board this ship? But if Zinnia did key it in incorrectly to begin with." Perhaps you can ask if she has some kind of reason to stall us out here in space and, and stop us from getting to Altranius or maybe someone else on board. You say you're an investigator, right? Sprouts just kind of gives him a steely look and nods. Well, do your job. You're part of the SDF and you're supposed to be protecting these people. And right now, they are in potentially a great deal of danger if this ship breaks down mid-transit and we're lost while the war is raging and the rest of the system, no one's coming out for an SOS beacon well outside of any shipping lane. <sighs> Listen, Mac, the only reason half these people are on this ship is because of, this, of that Strix. She's been playing scrapes with me, and I trust her, for now at least, the same as anybody else. But I've been through hell with these people. I don't think any of them are wanting to keep us from getting anywhere. Look, I may not like everyone here, I want everyone to get Altranius in one piece. On that, we can agree on. Capiche? Aye, aye, Captain. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, he will trudge off uh, going, uh, you know, his separate way here, and you guys can rest up I overnight. Think, uh, Devasha will come up to Sprouts and Echo and say, I have had plenty of rest. If you wish to rest your eyes, I will watch over the bridge and I will keep an eye on the computer. Although, to be honest, I have no idea if I would understand what I am seeing. Uh, that's fine. I need to get some shut leaf. Thanks, Mac. Bat, bat. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, Devasho, I will join you. I will help you uh, maintain this course. Welcome to the night shift. This is just what my voice sounds like. I'm a little under the weather right now. <laughs> Thanks, Drew. I appreciate that very much. <laughs> is this um, Jabert talking? I'm so confused. Uh, no, Jabert's going to stand on the on the bridge, not Trest. Sorry. How does, it's a... how does Trest know who Drew is? <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of questions for you, Trest. There's a lot of meta commentary in this episode. It's cool. <laughs> it's totally fine. Um, Jabert, does uh, does Tress need sleep? Because have you rested at all? I am completely out of every single resource that I have, but I will stay awake with no, uh, Devasho. Don't, 
Go to sleep. Go no, to no, I'm not going to leave the only one person awake on this bridge. <laughs> you got to... You, you're drunk and crazy if you think I'm gonna do that. Then get, then get Raz up here. Bring Raz up here. Raz, remember how I told you to write down everyone's names and draw pictures? Come up here and bring me those pictures. Raz hasn't slept either, though. He he's been working the entire time, according to our meta commentary. Yeah, no, he he hasn't been working that hard. Don't worry about that. He's definitely falling asleep. <laughs> um, yeah, so you guys, uh, some of you can take a rest, but don't worry because about two or three hours into it, uh, the ship alarms start going off uh, as there is a call, an emergency call from the the cargo deck uh, as the the dwarf uh, uh, Brattleburr Bilge Bratter of Brnoa Bilge Bratters uh, indeed uh, uh, calls out and says, Oh, Captain, Captain, there's, there's something, there's something here in the hold. We've got a major problem. Sprouts comes, you know, running out. Mm -hmm. Are you rousing the troops? Oh, absolutely. Okay. We will move down towards the cargo bay where you can go through the back of engineering. There are some steps leading down. Um, What is your guys' marching order? Um, uh, I mean, I don't know who's fastest, but probably not me, but I'd I'd do my best to get there quick. I think Devasho is the fleetest. What's your speed? Yeah. I mean, you, you, uh, I'm 40. You guys Dang, can put, your, put yourself in whatever order you want here. Just just line up in this hallway uh, kind of here. We'll we'll array your, yourselves, and I'll, I'll tell you what you see when you, you jump um, inside. Sprouts will probably just, like, hop on uh, to Echo at his usual perch. All right. Uh, I mean, I guess let Devasho lead because he's he's has to squeeze through this. So <laughs> oh, yeah. it's going to yeah. take him the longest to do. Uh, so Devasha going in first, uh, you get to um, the door leading to Shut the uh, to the stairs that lead down to the cargo bay. And uh, uh, it seems to be reading some kind of contaminant. Uh, and there is some background radiation ticking off uh, the display here. And you hear a dwarven cry for help inside. Just, ah! What would you like to do? Uh, Devasha is going to shout... Uh... There's radiation. Inactivate environmental protections. We need to get in there. And uh, he'll flick on everything and then bust bust through recklessly. <laughs> All right, so you're you're squeezing down the stairs, shield up, everyone else. Um, yeah, yeah, shield on, shield up, environmental protections on, the whole caboodle. Uh, sure, let's go ahead and um, wasn't everyone make me a perception check? Is it dim or dark, perchance? Um, it is... At first, a little dim. There's some like flickering lights here in the the cargo bay as well, um, but there's also red security lights, which maybe maybe you get like half a bonus, <laughs> the half a plus one bonus for for this as it goes from like very bright to uh, to dark and, and spooky as a a red light kind of flashes just along the perimeter of the room. As you guys are are stepping down, I'm gonna take a look at your perception checks here. Uh, Trest, uh, you see indeed uh, the dwarf lying on the, the the ground, along with some broken crates in the the back of the room. And from one of these crates, you see something uh, kind of moving inside. Uh, as the computer starts to hammer above you, says, "Warning! Warning! Contaminant detected." Uh, inside, uh, through your dark vision, sixty feet away, you can see it a a small creature. You can identify nearly immediately what this 
structure is, what this thing looks like. It looks like a giant. To be continued. Patrick, that was... That was mean. Ice boy, oh boy. Cold, baby. I cannot wait until next week, but uh, <laughs> uh, this this episode went a little longer than, than I thought it was. I was, I was like, oh, maybe we'll get to this combat. Maybe we don't. But next week, you guys, we're going to make some initiative rules and uh, uh, maybe maybe we'll have a, a plant investigation, too, of what is happening on board the Terminus Wild. Does anybody have any clue? Uh, this reminds me of Akata's in... Dead oh, so I'm a little uh, freaked out. Let me write this down. Space Akatas. <laughs> <laughs> well, if there's any uh, clue, Sprouts will find it. Uh, di- what do you guys think is waiting for you in the in the cargo? Probably bay? dredgers. I mean, some kind of swarm. I'm I'm guessing dredgers, Vorfoma. a stowaway, yeah. perhaps. Oh, yeah, no. Speaking no, like, uh, speaking of stowaways, there's only one that's been following the pilot around the entire episode. Yeah, better kill that uh, little baby. <laughs> kill that baby, <laughs> Drew. <laughs> Smash that thing while everyone's back is turned back to the science lab. I'm still guessing Kaliwobble. We're gonna need. Oh, what if he just pops out and says, "I'm here." <laughs> Uh, we're we're gonna. Need, I didn't die. I'm I'm still around. We need a name for that cerebric uh, fungus and stat. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, I'll uh, work on it. This is part of the reason why I already love this AP. Just at the very beginning, there's so many weird things going on, and we're gonna figure out hopefully most of them uh, next week when we when we come back to play. Uh, guys, thanks for playing with me. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Patrick. And everyone out there, thanks for listening. We'll, we'll uh, catch you back here next week. Have, Have a good week. See you later. Bye bye. Cheers, everybody. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Cosmic Crit. This episode has been made possible through a sponsorship with Roll20 and the backing of our Critamander fans on Patreon. Thanks again and have a great week.